Welcome to the Intentional Living Center today again. Dr. Randy Carlson, along with Jennifer and Steve and the rest of our team. We were just uh, starting out this new 2024 year with uh, just talking. We love you guys. We want the best for our whole ministry. Everything that we do, from our president's office to our programming staff, to those who answer the mail, to all the engineering people, we're here for one purpose. And as we say around here, we want to remind you that uh, when we live an intentional life in Christ, not about perfection, not about competition, but figuring out what pleases Christ and do it, we have less regret, more freedom, more peace, and that's what we want for you. So when you experience hope, right, uh, that can come in a moment. You experience it. I feel the hope that I have in Christ. We want that to continue by the actions that you take to understand that as you live your life for Christ every day, that sense of hope and peace will continue to build in your life. That's why we're here. So we'd love to talk to you. By the way, our we have callers for today, but our comment line is open. 888-888-1717 is the number. 888-888-1717. Uh, Krista is uh, calling us. And what line is Krista on? Line number one. All right. Uh, Krista, are you there? Oh, Laura, are you there? Yes, I'm here. Oh, I'm sorry. I got the wrong name and the wrong line, but we've figured it out. <laughs> so welcome to yeah. the show. What uh, What's your question today? Well, Dr. Randy, um, I am going to be 70 on January 21st. And on the 20th, I decided um, that I want to be baptized. Great. And I was, I was christened as a baby in a Catholic church and grew up Catholic. Uh, but I got away from that, and my life was like very sordid, so on and so forth, and different things. And I always knew that I loved Jesus. I always knew that I loved God. But I didn't really feel like I was in love with Jesus um, and God. And I did—my life was just—I made a lot of mistakes. Anyway, my friend— uh, texted me yesterday and said, weren't you baptized as a baby? And I said, yeah. And she said, well, you can't be baptized again. You can only be baptized once. And so she sent me this text message with a picture of something from the Bible. I guess she said, I guess it's from the Bible. I didn't, she said it from a Ephesians saying that you can't be something to the effect that you cannot be baptized anymore. You know, only one time and that's it. And I told her, I said, but this is my life. You know, I feel like I'm being, I'm reborn again. And that's why we have reborn Christians because I didn't follow through on a lot of stuff. I made a lot of mistakes in my life. I went down roads. I probably shouldn't have went down, but then I started getting this thirst and hunger for Jesus and the intimate relationship with God. Mm-hmm. So you, do you, you know ago. Christ personally. God is in your heart through Jesus Christ today. Yes. And your yes. and your desire is to to go into the water of baptism to let others around you know that you're a follower of Christ. Yes. Then I go want and it do so it. Bad. Go and do this. Um, this listen. Baptism is a picture. Is a picture of the life, the death. The burial underwater, you know, that's the immersion picture. So it's a picture of Christ dying for us and coming back to life. 
And that is a powerful testimony of what Christ is doing in your life. Go and be baptized. Be involved in a Bible-believing, teaching church where you're going to be with other believers to grow in Him. Uh, this is coming from God. You need to listen to what God is telling you and speaking to you more than me or anybody else. And uh, That's what I said. And, and so I, I respect the fact that you have a friend who has a certain view or interpretation of a passage. I'm not quite clear which passage they're speaking of, but I can tell you this, uh, that baptism doesn't, uh, doesn't get us saved. It's a picture uh, of the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. It's a testimony to others. It's an exciting opportunity for you to, to do that with people who love you and care for you. And uh, do it in a, you know, with those that will just be able to celebrate with you your new life. And we celebrate that as well with you today. That is my exact feeling on why I'm doing it. That is the only reason. All right. Now, secondly, are you plugged into a Bible-believing, teaching church and growing spiritually? Yes, I am. All right. And then you need to stay there and be involved uh, in that church. And um, you know what? Uh, let me. See. We're talking about intentional living here. Being intentional, I don't care how intentional you are in your life. You can have all these habits and you can, have, you know, you can be successful in all the things that we talk about with, with your life and your finances, your work, and frankly, not be a Christian. One of the powerful things about intentional living is it works. It works for all people. But for those of us who are followers of Christ, it's even more powerful because we have a purpose that's greater than just these kinds of earthly things that we talk about. But living intentionally doesn't get you saved. Going into baptism doesn't get you saved. And I know some people listening say, wait a minute, you know, I baptized into a new life. I, under, I understand that we've got good people listening and have different views of this. My view is, as I understand Scripture, is baptism is a picture of God's intentional love for us and his death, burial, and resurrection. And uh, I had the opportunity to baptize my children when they were younger. Um in fact, when we've been to Israel on our tours, I had opportunity to baptize people who wanted to be baptized in the Jordan River, and I baptized them in the Jordan River, again, as a picture of what God is doing in their life. And I feel this burning in your own life, uh, Laura, um, and follow that and allow God to make that a testimony. I hope that helps. All right, uh, issues with father. Let's take a break. We'll be back. I'll be right back, Michael. I'd love to hear what's going on. Don't, don't go away. This is Intentional Living with your host, Dr. Randy Carlson. Intentional Living is furnished by Parent Talk Incorporated and is made possible by the generous support of our listeners. This program is not a substitute for professional counseling, medical, financial, or legal advice. Intentional Living is not intended to be therapy by radio. We are Intentional Living. And we'll be right back. Hello, Dr. Randy. This is Sam. And uh, two years ago, I intentionally decided to uh, leave the intentional life by waking up in the morning and thanking God for everything that He has done for me. Also, during the day, I take time to thank Him and thank him again at night when I go to bed. And you know, that has made a real difference in my life. I'm more peaceful, I have more joy, 
and uh, get more encouragement to seek Him in His Word. I also like to get your address so I can make a contribution to your ministry. God bless. I like that. There's a setup, isn't it? Listen, here's what you do. Your support allows me and our team to do this. We're listener-supported. Simply go to theintentionallife.com, click on Donate, theintentionallife.com, or you can call during West Coast Business Hours, talk to one of our team at uh, 888-888, you got it? Say it with me, 1717. 888-888-1717, press number two, it takes you to our team. Uh, Press number one takes you to right here. We're Stephen. Love to talk to you. All right, let me get back to the calls. Uh, today we're going to let me see here. We've got Michael in uh, Saskatchewan, Canada. Is that where you're listening today? That's right. Yeah, listening online. Terrific. How long you've been uh, listening to to the ministry here? Uh, probably about two years. Yeah, we discovered Family Life Radio just on Alexa, and then your programs come on through there as well so yeah my wife and i we've been benefiting greatly from from the uh ministry so well in what ways how has it been a blessing to you you know what just the music the worship just pouring into your head all day you know instead of uh listening to you know the worldly the worldly things the the news that's you know fixated on just the negative and you know, the fear mongering and whatnot, just listening to the worship and helping us to fix our mind on things above, not things below. It's been, it's been awesome. Well, we're, we're so, we're just thrilled we can be there and minister to you where you are and um, appreciate your call and your trust. Allow us to be a part of your life there and uh, appreciate your call today. What What's going on? How can I help you? Yeah. So uh, I'm, I'm married and uh, with kids and, my wife and and I, we've had a you know a fairly healthy relationship with our parents on both sides throughout most of our marriage. We've been married about eight years, and uh, you know over the past year year and a half, um, my father started acting kind of unusual. You know, it started with sort of some lashing out texts at my wife and weird hours of the night and stuff like that. And we're like, oh, this seems strange. Like, what's going on? And, and then, uh, you know, this fall, we we learned that he's been using THC oil and uh, we did a little bit of research and we've discovered that that can kind of throw people into states of psychosis. And my wife is a, is a nurse. She's worked in emergency. And so she's actually seen cases of people thrown into permanent states of psychosis mm. from the use of this drug. And, and you know, I... I warned my dad about this and whatnot, and he he won't receive it. He actually, you know, he'll take scripture and twist it and say, no, I, I'm going to do this and uh, whatnot. And he started saying some unusual things, and we're like, you know what, we actually don't feel comfortable having our kids around you right now if you're going to be using this and, and pushing back at any kind of accountability on, you know, what you're doing to your body and stuff like that. And so, yeah, it's just created a rift in our relationship and I'm having a difficult time, you know, kind of navigating the honor your father part in the midst of this. And yeah, just looking for a little bit of insight, like yeah. between creating healthy boundaries and, but also still honoring your parents and being united with your wife. It's, yeah, it's a little kind of a tough dynamic to navigate in this season. 
Well, is it fair to say you think your dad has got some real problems, something seriously going on? Yeah, I know, like, he's struggled with addiction issues in the past. You know, in my childhood, alcohol was a pretty, pretty challenging, challenging thing for him. And not my whole childhood, but it was kind of an on and off thing. And, and yeah, I think maybe it's just that personality has shifted and found something else to grab onto. And um, I guess we see sort of the strange issues it's created, but... I don't know if he's not aware or unwilling to accept what it's doing to his mind. And yeah, as a spinoff kind of yeah. to our relationship. So, Well, I, I think if I were you, there'd be two things I would look at. Uh, I, I would separate the, the, this is my dad from yeah. I'm, I'm dad. Does that make sense? Um, right. And, and you want to protect your family and your wife and your, from what you perceive to be a problem with your dad that might impact your family. And you're going to be yeah. held accountable, as you know, someday for being a dad and what you've done and protecting your family. And so I think it's perfectly justified to set a boundary in place. And how yeah. you do that yeah. might be painful. Your dad might, you know, turn away from you for a while. But yeah. he'll say, Dad, I love yeah. you. I care for you. But this, these are specific things that we're seeing. And so I'd love, love for you to see the doctor and get some treatment, do some things. I'm glad to help you do those things. But uh, unless you do or until you do, um, these are just some boundaries we're going to have in place and whatever they are. Yeah. I know if you're going to be with us, you know, it's going to be limited or we'll, we'll do it in a, another location, whatever you decide. But then I think yeah. as a son, you have an opportunity maybe to get with your dad one-on-one, one, try to have some little deeper understanding because maybe it's that oil, but maybe it's not. Maybe he's got some other problems that medical issues going on that could be serious that he needs to get some treatment for. Um, yeah. Yeah. And be able to get him in. Do you think you think you could get him in to see a, his physician? Well, I have I have talked to him, and I know even other uh, pastors that we've known for years have said, you know, you need to get some help. You need to talk to someone. Just from some things he was saying in conversations with them, and and I've I've said it as well. I said, you know what, I agree with so and so. Like I think you you need to talk to someone and get some help and. Uh, he's pretty reluctant to receive to receive that. Well, how, and, uh, who's yeah, helping so fund him? Is he a live alone and have his own resources and things? Or uh, no, he, him, and my mom they're they're married. They live together, and um, yeah, so it does get tricky because my mom watches our kids, you know, occasionally when my wife and I are both working, and so we've kind of given her instructions, like you know, keep your distance. We would prefer if you kept your distance from dad when you're watching the kids and uh you know it's hard you know that hurts to have to say that but well, it's what like, does mom say i mean I doesn't know. mom see this uh she she complies she's like okay well if that's what you want it makes it a bit tricky because you know he used to help me with the kids and stuff like that and it she used to take the kids to their house when she's watching them but uh so it, it yeah, but does she doesn't of, she see the problem yeah yeah and I guess she lives with someone that, yeah, she does see the problem, but it's it's also, what do you do, right? Because this guy's not, he's not going to get help. And she does, doesn't want to leave the marriage. And it's not like an abusive situation or anything. Yeah. Oh, I hear you. So do you, do you I, have, do you like have other siblings? You, uh, yeah, the uh, brother in the States, actually. And then 
Um, I have a sister. We live in the same And city, does he have so. siblings around or other family or people is, that respect? He, yeah, uh, not too far. I've actually spoken with with my one uncle and he, you know, it was really good to talk to him because he's like almost the exact same frustrations we've we've shared and he actually had to block my dad's phone wow. number for a while. He was having a hard time yeah. well, as well. And so, yeah, it's tricky. I, you know, it's... and you can't control someone. You can't make them no. get help. You no. can't make no. them. So, and my mom's in that situation too. So she's a, you know, she's a saint, right? She is a committed wife and really respect that. But at the same time, she can't force him to do something yeah. too. So it's, yeah, yeah we're that, all that, kinda, that makes it very difficult, but a couple things I'd, I'd recommend you think about one is, um, to get the people together that res- that he would respect and love and either individually start connecting with him and saying, hey, dad or brother or whatever, you know, we're seeing this and we love you enough. We think, you you know, let's get let's get some help. Uh, let's get, go see the doctor. What, find out what's going on. If there's nothing going on, fine. Don't be worried about it then. If there is, then it can be treated. Well, I don't see it. Well, that's fine. Others do. Or... If there's some sort of an intervention where you all get together and sit down with them and just say, hey, we love you. This is what we're seeing. And uh, when they'll say, well, what? Yeah, I don't understand that. Well, we've had to put limits on communication from you and give specific things being said. Now, he may not be capable of receiving that if he's got some underlying issues going on. But uh, when we love someone enough, well, we'd want to look back later and say, I wish I had confronted this and uh, gotten some help. Ultimately, you can't drag him in. I understand that, but you can take care of your own family. All right, thank you for your call from Canada. Glad you're listening uh, to the uh, to the station there online. Uh, Krista, are you there? Yes. Oh, there you go. Go right ahead. Oh well, I wanted to comment on uh, yesterday. You were talking to somebody about um, not feeling, not getting the reciprocation from giving, basically. Oh, yeah, that was a call from uh, Stephanie, as I recall, and she was disappointed because she serves people, but they don't seem to appreciate it. Well, coming from a former caregiver, former foster parent, and pastor, I can honestly say the best advice that I'm still learning to grasp is asking God to really show you through his eyes what they look like. Yeah. In other words, you can see them perhaps as a hurting, difficult person mm-hmm. and not not just a pain in the neck to you. Yep, and not take it personal. Yeah, which is hard. That is very hard. Because yeah. when we enter into relationships, we always look at expectations, and when expectations aren't met, um, it will create um, disappointment. Love your feedback, 888 Laughter, fun, hope. You'll experience all of this at the Intentional Love Marriage Date Night. What's the process to build an intentional marriage? The reality is there should be a great big sign across our foreheads on the day we get married that says, Assembly Required. You'll have a great time at the Intentional Love Marriage Date Night. Friday, March 1st at New Hope Church in East Lansing. And Saturday, March 2nd at the Auburn Hills Christian Center in Metro Detroit at 7 p.m. Register at theintentionallife.com. I hope you'll do that. Coming up March 1st, as you heard, uh, in uh, East Lansing, the New Hope Church, then over 
in Auburn Hills on Saturday night, the 2nd of uh, March, for the Intentional Love Marriage Day Night. We call it that because it's just a day night. We want you guys to, you know, have the grandma and grandpa watch the kids and come on out, or if your grandma and grandpa come on out yourself. Because uh, we're talking to marriages of different ages and stages, and we're going to have some fun. We're going to talk about life. My wife and I have been married a whole lot of years, learned a lot of things, and still learning. I want to share with you things I've seen, learned, and have taught over the years. We've seen over 50,000 people at these uh, conferences over the years, and love to have you be a part of one of them. The Intentional Love Marriage Date Night sold out in Albuquerque this spring, so get your tickets quickly. East Lansing and Auburn Hills in Michigan, March 1-2. Go to theintentionallife.com. That's our website. You can get the tickets there. All the proceeds go to the ministry. We'll have our resources there that night. I promise you'll have a great evening. Again, go to theintentionallife.com. Okay, Will, I'm sorry I got I went around the barn, but I came back around to you there in California. How you doing? Uh, good. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. I appreciate your call. What? Uh, how can I help today? What's going on? Uh, my girlfriend and I aren't on the same page, basically. About what? So, my grandpa passed away the week prior to Christmas, and she kept asking if I was going to go to her house. Uh, to see her on Christmas Day. Mm-hmm. And I knew my grandmother needed me on Christmas Day. So later on, on Christmas Day, my girlfriend texted me and said some Christmas. And uh, basically, she ended the relationship. She was probably expecting that I was going to come over and see her. Um, I've noticed my girlfriend likes to close doors on relationships rather than having solutions and working things out. So, so what sure are you going to do? I am going to just pray for the Lord to maybe soften her heart, if that's what's going on, or maybe write her a letter explaining how I felt. But I mean, is she going to change? I, I don't Come on, think man, so. talk to me. Is she going to change? I, I don't think she will. All right. How old is she? She's 32. By 30, yeah, 32. So have you seen this in, in other parts of her life that there's it's a little bit um, self-focused, I suppose, is the way of putting it? Yes. Okay. So what is your what is your heart telling you here? I mean, you called me, but you've probably been coming to some conclusions in your own mind and heart on this. What what have you been coming to as a conclusion? Just Pray that the Lord softens her heart and move on from the relationship. Is it, are you ready to do that? You think that's the right thing to do then? I feel like I'm ready for it. Okay. And focus on God more. See what he has planned for me. So your call to me today was more just kind of hear yourself say it out loud? Pretty much. <laughs> I'm just trying to, I'm a friend, I I care for you, I care for your girlfriend, Um, but let me just give you a couple principles, Will, and all people who are dating. Um, If you have red flags or yellow flags before you get married, they don't get better after you get married, generally, okay? The best predictor of future behavior is current behavior, all right? So these are principles in in relationships. Um, We can't change another person. One of the Dangers in 
dating is thinking, well, I see this in them. It's really not something that I'm going to be comfortable with in marriage, but I'm sure after we say I do, they will. They'll change. And uh, the reality, they don't. And compatibility is important. The things that attract us can be the very issues that later can become an issue in your marriage. For instance, if you're attracted to a person who's strong and confident, make sure that that strong confidence doesn't become controlling and demanding. And it's my way or the highway. You might like that when you're dating because, wow, I like that feeling of security. But then later you say, wow, I can't breathe. Or on the other hand, you might be with someone who's outgoing and gregarious and but they're the fun of the party, and I love that. That's so much fun. After you get married, you say, they're kind of flaky. You know, I love them, but they're a little flaky. Uh, you with me? Come on now. We're, we're just talking here. We're friends. We're friends. That's why we're talking. And so the things that can attract us can be the things that become an issue later. I always tell people, if you have any sense of, well, my wife always says this, if there's any doubt, throw it out. I mean, you don't throw people out. But what I'm saying is, in making a decision, whatever it is, you know, you say, hey, I got a doubt on that. Just don't have clear, clear green light. And then at that point, it's it's okay to say, hey, um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to make a change. Okay. Well, I hope that helps you there. We'll be thinking of you. I know people praying for you as well. We're out of time today for Intentional Living. This has been fun this week. I'll tell you what, uh, uh, one of the things I wanted to do, and I told the team here in this brand new year in January, which, you know, we come on with topics and the different things. I just want to talk to you. I, I turn on the news like you do, and, and I am so frustrated with what's going on in the world. And you are too. You're, there's nerves, there's anxiety, there's fear. Where are we as a country? We got a lot going on this year in our political system and in our world and finances and what's going on around the world. So many innocents that are being damaged, injured, and killed. Um, come on. And our program is not a political program. We're not here just to talk about all the problems in the world. Because you know what? You and I can't fix those things. But we do have control with God's help over some things in our life. How we think, the decisions we make, the actions that we take today, the things that we declutter from our life. We can grow to be as spiritual as we choose to be because God is always present. He loves us. We can probably all work on improving our health, our financial understanding and how we manage our finances, how we deal with our high-stake relationships. These are things we do have some control over. I call it the three-foot rule. I have a little rug, a three-foot in diameter rug that I'll often use here when I'm teaching as a reminder to me that I, that's about as far as I have control about as far as I can reach. And beyond that, I don't have control over my kids, my grandkids, over my wife, over you, over Jennifer, or over Stephen, even though they're part of the team here. Uh, because ultimately, we have to be responsible for ourselves and you know, before God. And that's why I just want to talk to you, to encourage you to see that these four or five basic principles of intentional living can help you have less regret to really truly experience hope we talk about on the radio every day to experience that hope with more freedom and peace and confidence in your life that's why we're here with a big thanks to our support family making it possible 
Don't forget the intentional love marriage date night tickets today. All right. We'll see you next time.